live from New York, it's Ask an Engineer. Hey everybody, and welcome to Ask Engineer, the longest running live engineering and electronics show in the known universe. It's me, Lady Ada, with me is Phil, so yeah. it's Mr. Lady Ada on camera yeah. control, and uh, uh, interesting commentary, Same commentary? Sometimes, um, sometimes not. <laughs> he's the brains of the operation, but we are uh, here broadcasting live from the downtown Manhattan office where we do all of our manufacturing, kitting and shipping and testing and videoing and coding. That's right, it's Adafruit behind us, it's Adafruit in front of us, and uh, it's Adafruit for the next hour as we go through what is up in the maker engineer hacking community. News, new products, videos, secrets, and more. Yeah. Why don't we uh, kick it off? You want to go ahead and kick it off? Yeah, there's a lot going on tonight. On tonight's show, the code is TRUFFLE. Mm. 10% off in the Adafruit store all the way up to 11.59 p.m. Eastern time-ish, or whenever I remember to do it. Look at that, look at that, look at that, look at that, look at that. Okay, it's part of, uh, you know, some lives shows that we do. We're going to talk about all the yeah. things that we do during the week and more, including our show and tell. Time travel, look around the world of makers, hackers, artists, engineers, things that are going on in the world. Jobs, very special job on the jobs board tonight. Made in New York City factory footage, 3D printing at a couple speed ups. INMPI brought to you by DigiKey and Adafruit. New products, top secret, we'll answer your questions. We do that over on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord. Join all 30,000 of us over there. All that and more on, you guessed it. Bam. Ask an engineer. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So let's uh, let's just go through some stuff uh, real quick. So tonight's theme will be all about... Snakes. Um, snakes. Uh, this Friday is CircuitPython Day. We'll talk about this in the Python and hardware section. Um, Friday, we have a whole lineup of shows. The show and tell was filled with show and tell folks doing CircuitPython projects. Lots of projects. joyfully. Yeah, so we have, a, we have a lot of stuff going on in the world of CircuitPython. And, um, this is our fourth CircuitPython? This is your four, right? Yeah, maybe. Okay. Close to. And uh, we're doing a lot of virtual events, of course, because it's time to talk about COVID again. Oh, yay. Oh, <laughs> we're, we're done with this, right? We're, we're done, done with this, but it's not done with us. Yeah. So uh, during the last year plus, we've been giving everyone updates on what's going on with Adafruit, with uh, New York City, because New York City got hit first and really bad uh, in March and April of last year. So uh, here's where we're at. A lot of New York City is vaccinated and the infection rate is low starting next week. New York City is not gonna count the infection rate as one of the metrics, it's hospitalization, vaccination, and I think deaths. Um, the, ways that things are changing in, in our city that's very fast is basically Shake Shack uh, runs um, New York City policy yeah. right now. And I'll just tell you health, why. Health policy is set by some tasty-ass burgers. Yeah, and I'll, They're tasty burgers. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> so the, the city and state, they, they want businesses to say vaccination, proof of vaccination for everyone, including the people coming into your restaurants or whatever, venues, entertainment, Broadway sale. Uh, last week, Shake Shack announced, hey, this is what we're doing for our staff and our and the customers, vaccination. And they're even moving away from talking about weekly testing. Uh, masking is, is, is now, the signs are back everywhere, but the, the sole focus is uh, vaccination. So um, we're not a tiny company and we're not a big company. We're right in the middle. We're waiting for guidance. Um, almost everyone, if, if not everyone by now, is vaccinated Adafruit, but, uh, and I'll just tell you from being on the ground, yesterday we had our first uh, breakthrough positivity. Person's fine, they weren't feeling that great. Uh, testing is everywhere, still in New York, and they're like, well, may as well. 
and uh, positive. So they're isolating, they're fine. Um, anyone that was around them, luckily this just happened to work out that they weren't. Um, everyone's okay so far, but we all know what's coming. And then people that we know outside of Adafruit, but in the New York area, they're reporting that, oh yeah, like I, you know, I was feeling fine, but you know, I just got a test because I just had like a little bit of a cough. And um, it's, it's folks that have been vaccinated, but it's very mild. And that's kind of what vaccines can do is just lower the severity chance of going to the hospital or dying. And we're seeing that already. So in case you're wondering what's happening, um, you can get your news from all sorts of places. And a lot of people do. This is what's happening right now. So I think that's going to be um, commonplace. Um, you know, we have a very specific bit of protocols that we do when anyone is uh, symptomatic or if they test positive. And now we're in the, you've been vaccinated and you've tested positive or you're vaccinated and you're test negative and you're still having some symptoms. Um, some people end up, uh, they're like, yeah, turns out I had strep throat and there's a test for that. And it never has folks been so then, happy yeah, to get like, strep, yeah. yay, strep throat. No, I mean, people are actually so. going and getting other diseases because they're hanging out without masks in yeah. public. I mean, like they're doing all the things that you do to get the diseases that we always get. So colds and flus and So we'll see. Streps. And I, you know, one of the things, and this is just us as an employer looking at this, seems like one of the, you know, you never know what timeline we're in. Um, it seems like this timeline that we're in is uh, COVID will eventually evolve to an annoyance because of vaccinations, immunity, and a combination of things. But it looks like every time this virus mutates, it's not getting weaker. It's seems to be getting stronger and more transmiss transmissible. So um, anyways, that's just us on the ground um, here in New York City with a workforce of like 100 plus people. And if you haven't got vaccinated, please consider it because we're seeing it get all the way through folks have been vaccinated. And um, I really hope everyone sticks around. Talk to your doctor. I think that's going to be what I say from now on because the folks that are like, I don't know if I'm going to get vaccinated yet. It, apparently, if their doctor tells them and their doctor works with them, if they have any issues, that is what gets it. Not shaming, not incentives, actually just talking to their doctor or being told you can't travel or go to yeah. concerts. That one works, too. Yeah, if you're going to trust this guy to, like, you know, cut open your spleen, you trust them to tell you whether a vaccine is yeah. a good idea. So, anyways, that's what's going on here, and we'll continue to give you all updates. We're still chipping. Everything's fine. We have, we're all wearing masks. We've never stopped doing that. So we're safe, but this is this is happening. Yeah. Okay. So uh, code is truffle. The reason is we watched Pig last night with Nicolas Cage, and I'm still thinking about it. So that's the that's the. Uh, I want to know what happened to the baguette. I am traumatized where's by my pig? the the baguette which went missing. Where's my pig? Okay. So in addition to 10 percent, you get free stuff. What did they get, yep. Lady Ada? Nine nine dollars or more, you get a free Promoproto half size breadboard, a PCB for taking your projects and making them permanent. Uh, 149 or more, you get a free uh, STEM QT board, one of a variety of boards that are available, whatever we have in stock. You'll get a random one, or if you have an account, uh, we'll make sure you get a different one each time. 199 or more, you get free UPS ground shipping in the continental United States. 299, you get a free Circuit Playground Express, our all-in-one dev board that has LEDs and buttons and sensors, perfect for use with Arduino, Circuit Python, Code.org, CS Discoveries, and MakeCode, as well as other development platforms. Okay, we have a whole bunch of live shows. Uh, we just got off air doing our CircuitPython show and tell day. Please watch it. And also, uh, special thanks to um, 
Marco is in the chat and offered to give uh, show and tell badges to folks. Just yeah. Like, just like oh, let's go to Beep. let's go to this. Beep. This is what they look you like. Go to the overhead. Yeah. Look at that. Bam. Do you want me to light it up? No. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe. Okay. Well, maybe maybe later. Here you go. Focus along. Okay. Okay. Nice. Cool. Okay. So, uh, anywho, um, we do a show on Sundays called Desk of Lady Ada. This week, Lady Ada talked about... I uh, took this RGB LED matrix breakout. And first off, I ordered the PCBs finally. I got off my butt and did that. And I got to tester made. And then I'm making um, LED glasses because I've always wanted to have my own pair of LED glasses. So I'm breaking apart um, that matrix into glasses shape. And then um, we also talked about um, a really weird thing we'll, which we'll cover later about... Uh, chip pricing we'll talk about in the open source hardware okay. um, section of the show. All right. And then this is the great search portion. For the great search, uh, I just showed how to find nine DOF IMUs and some things to look for when purchasing IMUs if you want to use them for orientation. Okay. JP's product pick of the week was this week. JP did an amazing Adabox unboxing last week. If you haven't seen it, check it, it out. It was so cool. On our, um, you can check it out on the Adabox page or on any of our social medias and more. Here is a product pick of the week this week. The NeoKey 5x6 Ortho Snap Apart. I have some simple demo code running right now, which just lights up keys when I press them. I wanted to have some non one unit standard spacing. So these are actually two unit spacing. So in order to do that, you can see I've done a little bit of soldering here where I am running power where it's needed, ground where it's needed. I run the row uh, pin horizontally and I run the column pin vertically. That allows it to still treat it as a matrix. This one's actually acting as a number pad. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. This is a delete, this is numpad slash star plus this is a enter key or equal here you can see we are still uh, able to light up the neopixels the ortho 5x6 neo key snap apart pcb and tomorrow's jp's workshop you'll see um his segment on circuit python including circuit python parsec so tune into that also friday Tune in to Scott Show, which is Deep Dive with Scott, and it'll be all about CircuitPython, of course. Talk about the CircuitPython. And Scott will be participating in a couple other things, and I'm going to get to that when we do our CircuitPython and Python on Hardware Apple. segment. Okay. Now it's time for time travel. It is time for time travel. Um, Philby has a, a very, uh, I like his videos a lot, and uh, he's like, I only, I'm, I'm usually doing three things. Uh, eating pizza, sleeping, or working on LED eyes, and so uh, yes. So check it out. Yes, that's true, and that's not a bad life. It's by a good the life. Way. I would like, <laughs> yeah, I would like to have that life. Okay, so uh, here it is. Take it away, Philby. I've got three modes. I'm either sleeping, eating pizza, or working on LCD eye projects. I like having a lens. It gives it a bit of depth. It's not just a flat screen. And I've tried a lot of different lenses. I have acrylic, I have glass ones, I have a whole bag of strange lenses. A problem with all of them is that the image goes away when it's viewed off angle. So I had this idea one day, there's this mineral called ulexite, and it's like a fiber optic from nature. Anything behind is projected to the front. Sometimes you can buy polished spheres of ulexite. They're not cheap, about $50, but hey, science! And I took a whole day, took the train into San Francisco, and went to the James Bong building to a gemologist to cut the sphere in half. That was another $50. So it's interesting, it does project the eye image to the front, 
but I learned that the off-angle performance is even worse than the regular lenses. So that was a $100 mistake. But I learned some things, and now you don't have to waste $100 making the same mistake. All right, that was cool. I feel so sad. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's like, and then I went to the train, and then a puddle splashed on but me. But you know what? I think, I think this is important because a lot of people, and this, we're, we'll talk about this um, a segment we're doing soon, is that a lot of people don't show their mistakes. We they're, have, afra they're, they're afraid of talking about their mistakes. We have a whole new segment that we're starting next week, I think, called Mistakes Are Made, Lessons Are Learned, and that is, that is the way to move forward. Because we're surrounded by computers, and commu computers are made to make billions of mistakes a second. We have to show... We're still going to make mistakes. Well, yeah, we have to show that the computers aren't going to beat us. We're going yeah. to make, make mistakes, too. And so um, I think that's just uh, one of the things that we do different is we're willing to show the work. The other thing we do is we'll go through that entire thing so you don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so next up, um, Adabox. We uh, pretty much sold out of all of them. However, you can sign up for the next one. It'll be Adabox 20, shipping October. Um, there's such a big part shortage and everything else. This is the closest thing you can get to a back order. Whatever is the coolest, interesting thing that we're doing at Adafruit, probably around October, it's going to be the Adabox. You may as well get it, adabox.com. Um, and then it'll be the holidays, and we'll probably run out before the holidays. So you can even give it as a gift now. Get in before it's too late. That's right. That's my inbox feel. All right. Um, every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, we have a Collins Lab note, and this week is no exception. So I'm going to just play a couple of the latest ones. You can check them out, and then I'll see you on the other side. The LED definitely delivers the photons, no doubt. But many are unaware of the LED's ability to detect light as well. Truth. Most light-emitting diodes can also play the role of photodiode. Specifically, a photodiode which responds to the same color light it emits as an LED. Sort of satisfying symmetry. It's less sensitive compared to an actual purpose-built photodiode, but will still pass enough current to be detected by a microcontroller pin. This water-clear LED normally emits red. Since the white light from my phone here includes the red spectrum, I can use it to trigger the LED's photosensitivity, which is in turn detected by the microcontroller. In fact, it's possible to connect two LEDs in a loop, and by exposing one of them to light, produce just enough current to power the other. It's like poetry. When a microcontroller's input pin is not connected to any electrical signal, it's said to be floating. It sounds peaceful, but a floating pin can appear in a different random high or low state whenever it's read by a microcontroller. Now consider connecting a normally open switch to that floating pin. Without a known default state for the pin, we'd have no way to tell if the switch was definitely pressed or not. That's where pull-up resistors come into play. By connecting a 10K ohm resistor between the input pin and positive voltage, we effectively give the pin a default high state. When the switch is pressed, it creates a connection from pin to ground with almost zero resistance, much lower than the pull-up's 10K connection to positive voltage. When the chip reads the pin, that path of least resistance determines its new low state. Jobs, jobs, jobs. Uh, Jobs.adafruit.com is where you can post your skills, or if you're a company looking for someone to join your team, it's one of the best places because mm -hmm. we screen all the uh, the jobs, make sure they're not like spam or weird, 
And then we also reach out to uh, partners and companies and friends where we're like, hey, don't forget, we have this job award if you're looking for someone. And this one is probably one that a lot of people are going to apply for. Seeking an influencer and content creator rock star. Where? 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 DigiKey um, might be remote. You're going to have to check it out and uh, definitely talk to them. Um, I can tell you uh, all the folks that we work with at DigiKey are amazing. They're a really good company. And uh, whoever gets this job, you're going to have a lot of fun. Yes. So uh, check it out. A lot of makers should apply because yeah. you're probably doing projects that they'd like to yeah. see. Hi. And uh, one of the things on the job description is you use Adafruit stuff. So if you use Adafruit stuff, this might be something for you. Apply. Okay. It's free. It's Python on Hardware time. Okay. Okay. All this week, we have stuff going on with CircuitPython Day. Friday's the big day. Today was our show and tell. So um, here's what is going on. On um, Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Foamy Guy is going to stream all about CircuitPython. You can watch it on YouTube and Twitch. 1 p.m. Eastern, there's an edit, uh, Reddit Ask Me Anything, an AMA, with the Python, uh, with the developers of CircuitPython and MicroPython. Um, R slash Python is where it's at, so that's one of the bigger uh, Reddits. Oh, great. At, at 1 p.m., Jeff, Jeff, Dan, and Katney discuss CircuitPython. 3 p.m., Lady Eight is going to do a board tour. 5 p.m., Scott's going to be doing a deep dive. And we have a bunch of other stuff going on. Do the hashtag um, CircuitPython Day 2021. There's discounts for books, 10 games Circuit uh, Playground Express. That was uh, 99 cents uh, now. It'll be more later. And then we just finished up the uh, special edition. The other thing that we have is uh, this neat little video trailer. So I wanted to play that. And we'll see you on the other side. It's all about CircuitPython Day. Yay! And CircuitPython. Hey folks, CircuitPython Day is August 6th, 2021, and it's the snakiest day of the year. This day highlights all things CircuitPython and Python on hardware. Tag your projects on social media to have them showcased on CircuitPython Day. CircuitPython is an easy-to-use programming language for microcontrollers. You can install CircuitPython on a lot of different boards from Adafruit and the community. The libraries and code live on the board, so it's way more accessible. The board shows up like a USB drive, so you can just drag and drop a UF2 file. It automatically installs the firmware, so it's really easy to upgrade to future releases. This makes iteration much faster, so you don't have to compile your code like an Arduino. It works like a USB storage device, so you can drag and drop files right on the drive. Bundlefly will grab all of the code and libraries, but also any project files like fonts and images. All of the files are bundled in a single zip, so you'll have everything you need to run the code. We think this makes maintaining code much better, and it's just awesome for beginners. For all things CircuitPython related, check out the links in the awesome list. You can listen to podcasts, chat on the Discord server, and subscribe to the newsletter. So go to circuitpython.org and get your projects up and running. Okay, so that's CircuitPython Day coming up. Thank you, Noah and Pedro, who made that cool video. And uh, we'll see everybody Friday. Full day of CircuitPython stuff all day long. And I'll like be I said, um, we're doing virtual events this year. Hopefully, we'll have in person events again next year. Yay, maybe. And that's Python on hardware. <laughs> okay, we're an open source hardware company. And before we get into some open source hardware news, um, I want to talk about some hardware news. Mm. 
you uh, noticed something. Yes. And it was a uh, part shortage related thing, which a lot of folks have been uh, commenting. They're like, thanks for talking about this because I can't find out anything anywhere and no one's just talking There's about There's no stuff. information. There's no information. So, so we have a blog post about this and I'm going to pop over to our, yeah, uh, to our blog. And uh, the title of this blog post was Large Price Increases for Silicon Chips. Yeah, from official distributors. That's okay. the title of it. Here it is. Okay, there you go. Because it's a little small. No, no, it's okay. fine. Okay. And so um, the thing that you noticed was what? So this is interesting because I've seen, you know, I've definitely seen lots of people talk about how if you can't buy a part from an official distributor, um, you can go to like gray market distributors or like secondary market and you can sometimes get parts, but the prices are really inflated. Usually the prices historically from secondary markets have been cheaper, right? Because it's a secondary market. Um, but because of the part shortages now, secondary markets are now like, charging like exorbitant prices you know chips, chips that would be a dollar they're they're asking five dollars and like you know somebody maybe is that desperate and they'll they'll give them the money so they're they're kind of like taking advantage of the situation um and that's something you expect right you know you if you have secondary markets um one of the one of the benefits for them is if there is a shortage they can take advantage of it but what i saw for the first time ever i've never seen this happen before in my life is a back order from an official distribution um changed prices from about $3 to $15 or $20. I basically multiply the price by like three to 10 times, uh, sorry, five to 10 times um, for an existing back order that had been booked months before. And the reason I think this is important for people to ever, know about is, is that um, if you're an engineer and you're doing you know, back orders, you're doing board specifications, you wanna make sure that um, you don't set the price before you get, get the parts in hand. Historically, if you booked something at a price three or four dollars, you'd get it three or four dollars. That's no longer true. Even booking an order and like putting down your credit card does not necessarily mean you're going to get the parts at the price that you booked it at. Um, the price could change underneath you. So, it's it's a new thing. It's a weird thing. Um, I feel like there's going to be a lot of people who who get bit because they spec'd out their bill of materials and their price. If you have a Kickstarter, you probably can't do it. If you're um, someone who has a twenty dollar board and your part initially was like three bucks or less and now it's 20 bucks, your board is not gonna be $20, you yeah. can't do it. So there's a lot of boards that we saw out there. So don't design your PCBs assuming, yeah. you know, basically until you get the parts in hand, nothing is assumed. Yeah, so that's what's going on right now. Beware. Okay, okay. next up, other open source hardware news. The uh, state of open source hardware report com came out, state of oshw.oshwa.org. And uh, the cool thing, well, at least the cool thing I thought that was in this is uh, you could see 2020 um, was year a big year. Was a big year, and uh, that was us, uh, our fault. And then uh, we, I think, helped encourage others. And we're in the number one spot, not going to be there forever, or maybe. And then SparkFun, then WaterOt, and then you can watch. Know, the, the, the rest of it, it long tails out. Lulzbot's there, it's nice. Yeah, and so um, special thanks Dylan, worked on all of these certifications, uh, but uh, the full reports there has a lot of amazing insights, who's doing it, why they're doing it, and uh, this wasn't in the report, but I'm going to say this. I think it is so cool that the top open source hardware company is a woman-owned business. That just means that ceiling, that... That got broken. Yeah. And so um, it's not a male-dominated industry or, you know, that market. And then, like, eventually you're kind of like, okay, now there's, like, some diversity. And this is starting out with that. So that's cool. 
Good work, you. Yay. Anyways, that was uh, that was the report. But everyone, everyone, everyone should uh, check out that report. Okay. The other way that we're an open source hardware company and we prove it is uh, 2,519 guides. Lady Ada, there's a bunch this week. Okay. Well, I, if you want to... We're going to start with this. So these the, these two are the two. Can you speak the two a little bit longer? Yeah, those are the two that we didn't get to last week, so you can start okay. with those. So we've got the Canada uh, guide for the um, ortho snap-apart. So you want CircuitPython or Arduino code to uh, show you how to um, put together... Um, that and, and wired up to a microcontroller. Uh, Phil B did a cool um, guide on how to make your own VQ GANs if you've never done this before. It's not hard, you can use Google Colab, you don't have to, even have to install any software, you can do it all through the web. Um, but it has some tips and hints and uh, some cool art that he made with it. Um, there's the Macropad Braille keycaps, um, either all-in-one print or just top prints um, for making uh, Braille keycaps, which I thought was cool because you could do um, accessibility projects. Uh, we have a guide on how to camera, capture um, camera images from parallel port, parallel cameras. In CircuitPython, we have support for the RP2040, ESP32, S2, and SAMD51 for camera capture. Um, and so we're starting to add uh, all sorts of capabilities uh, based on that. Yeah, then we have... We've also got uh, some updates to the MacroPad RP2040 guide. Katni wrote a guide on using the library um, for it. Of course, we had the Adabox 19... Uh, unboxing guide. Thanks to JP for doing the unboxing last week. Uh, Liz Clark published a NeoKey Emoji keyboard. So it's a it's a little four key keyboard um, with a cutie pie that uh, types in uh, her favorite uh, synthesizer and cat-based emojis. Um, the Olympics are going on, and if you want a, a macro pad to hotkey get you to um, your favorite events, um, this macro pad overlay works with like the previous guides that have done macro pad overlays um, to to specifically before um, Olympics uh, viewing, it'll take you to the right web page and, and stuff. Yeah, and I have, I'm just gonna play a few seconds of this video to show you what it is, because uh, I was watching the Olympics and I'm like, boy, this would be handy. So. You can select all the different pages. events. Yeah. So if you're like sailing or rugby or climbing or volleyball, and then it'll take you to their web page. Yeah. And then uh, some of the times you can even, you know, watch some of the stuff right there. All right, next up, more um, guides. Okay, we've also got a quickie guide on using Web NFC um, by Ann. The, this is kind of neat because um, you know we've had Web Serial, we have Web Bluetooth, and now we have and Web MIDI, and have Web NFC. So yeah, everything is um, becoming web. Um, nice. and it works in Android. Uh, JP did a uh, Minecraft macro pad overlay. Um, one of his kids still uses uh, Minecraft, and um, here are some useful macros that you can use to automate um, things or just to kind of like quickly get into modes without doing like slash typing long strings. Um, and then uh, we've also got um, some more camera projects. So this is a uh, webcam, um, which you can um, use to grab images and then upload them to Adafruit.io. So it's kind of like a webcam. It's a very slow webcam, but it's all in CircuitPython, um, grabbing camera images and then uploading them to the internet. And then drag and drop is uh, our macro pad project, which um, doesn't use HID. It's a game that's played on the OLED, and it uses like a rotation mode. So I think Phil B just wanted to show, hey, you don't have to use it in like the portrait mode. You yeah. can use landscape mode, and also you don't have to use it for keyboards. It's it's a pretty handy all-in-one system I mean, that has an drag OLED. Drag and drop is a good name. Drag and 
drag and drop? Yeah, drag it's and drag and drop. It's a good name. Yeah. All right, so. So lots um, of guides, two Yeah, guides. and I'm just gonna show a couple seconds of each video. This is the Minecraft one, then I'll show the NFC. So, you can see how helpful this is when you're Minecrafting. And then here's the NFC one. Okay, time for some New York City Factory footage. Take it away, Adrian Factory. All right, and then we have some manufacturing in progress photos, things that we're making here. You can try to guess what they are. Some mistakes were made, some lessons were learned. <laughs> and uh, it wouldn't be New York City factory footage without... More Behold, all so Disney has all these um, new offerings like Galaxy Cruise yeah. and like lightsaber pass or something and yeah. it's like a thousand bucks or whatever yeah and uh they're using they're using that money to build this building across the street from yeah. us okay 3d printing no i'm pedro printing up a storm this week i'm pedro off and so we have two speed ups that uh they sent us ahead of time and we're going to play this back to back and then we'll see you on the other side
don't forget, every Wednesday, well, at least next week, 3D Hangouts with Noah and Pedro. Check it out. Okay, later, it's time for... That's right. Here we go. Hi, This week's item PI, long time coming. We've been waiting to do this one. It's from Digilent, and I just also want to mention, special thanks, DigiKey. Two double digis, Digilent plus DigiKey. Not related. DigiKey and Digilent. Yeah. What is this week's item PI, Lady Ada? Okay, so this week's item PI, we actually, a year ago, we did the Digilent uh, digital discovery kit, and we've also stocked the analog discovery kit, um, which is a little like USB oscilloscope, logic analyzer type thing. Um, and so um, this week there's a new product from Digilent that is kind of like, if you like the analog discovery kit, this is the, kind of the next generation, this is the pro um, analog discovery kit. It is the analog discovery pro uh, ADP 3450 and I think 3250 is the other part number. And this is kind of like very similar circuitry to the analog discovery pro, but it's kind of more ruggedized. It's in a nice case and it's got a couple of, of cool things going for it, um, which we'll talk about. So, um, to start off with, uh, this is a two or four channel, um, oscilloscope, uh, and logic analyzer. Here's just, you know, one side of it and I'll, I'll show the whole, you know, all the different sides. Um, it's in a kind of like a pizza box case. And um, this is the back of it. And you can see some interesting stuff. There's four USB ports, there's ethernet, there's the device USB, um, there's power 19 volts, there's two trigger inputs, um, there's a power port, and then um, actually, you know, I just realized that photo doesn't have the front. So let's, uh, let's go quickly to the overhead and I will show off the front of it because I think it's worth showing early. Um, so this is me taking it apart. So there's a logic analyzer and waveform generator here. You can sort of see there's uh, two by 16 pins. And then this is the four channels. This is four um, analog inputs. And what's really neat about the oscilloscope inputs is that we actually have BNC jack, so you could put probes on it. And then this is the wave gen out. This is a dual uh, DAC output, 14 bit, 125 uh, mag mega samples per second. Okay, so let's go back to this. Um, okay, so next one. Um, so I can't see the text, but maybe you can, because uh, there's a lot of specs and I wanted to get them all in here, but basically, um, you've got uh, two or four channels, uh, 55 megahertz bandwidth. Um, there's oversampling that you can get about 400 mega samples per second, if not oversampling. Um, for you know, non-repetitive, you have 100 mega samples per second, plus or minus uh, 25 volts, 50 volt uh, protected input, um, 128 uh, mega sample uh, record mode. Um, you got analog outputs, digital inputs, advanced triggering. So it's kind of all, all this stuff. It's like a little bit of like a bento box. You get um, a little bit of everything here um, in uh, the analog discovery. So even though it's called the analog discovery, it does do digital stuff as well. So um, this is a USB connected device. Uh, chances are, you know, a lot of people, they're going to con connect this to their computer. It doesn't have an LCD and it doesn't have any knobs on it. If you want to do the control part, you download the Waveforms software, you install it, and then you can see you can run on Raspberry Pi, Mac, uh, Linux, and Windows. And then um, when you run it, you can, you know, do the kind of USB oscilloscope stuff that you would think of, you know, uh, capturing data, data logging, um, analysis. You can, of course, uh, run uh, scripts on it. As we've covered, Waveform has a scripting language um, that lets you, um, you know, automate the inputs and outputs. It's kind of like put pieces together to create uh, you know, data acquisition that's more advanced than um, most USB oscilloscopes because, again, it's got all that extra stuff 
um, the inputs and the outputs. Um, but Waveforms is kind of like, they've been working on this for a few years. This is very solid software, and I liked how responsive it was. Um, the, the graphics drawing was very fast, um, which I can't show you here because it's, it's still, but um, if you're using it, and I think there's even a simulation mode, um, it's pretty easy, and there's a, there's a lot of widgets. Um, so the thing that is, I think, interesting to think about is, Yes, uh, this, you know, it is a pretty good oscilloscope, but compared to like a benchtop scope, it's, it's not going to be as good, right? Even my old tech TDS scope from like 15 years ago um, had one giga sample per second. So, you know, the question is like, why pick up something like this, right? Something that is um, not that powerful as a benchtop scope, doesn't have an LCD, doesn't have a TFT, doesn't have uh, the knobs and buttons. And I think, you know, as I was using this, I kind of realized that there's two reasons to use an oscilloscope, right? There's the debugging where you're analyzing a circuit and you're trying to figure out, like, why is my I squared C not working? Why is my crystal not the right frequency? Whatever, you're, you're trying to do analysis of a circuit. Why is my power supply, you know, jittering? Um, you know, what's the frequency? What does this waveform look like? So it's the, the kind of analysis look. And then what this is good for, and you can absolutely use it for that, but what this is really good for is if you're working in a lab and you know, National Instruments is the, is the wholly owned, the wholly owned Digilent. And they're famous for LabVIEW, which is, you know, you're, if you're an engineer or like a mechie or a chemist or a biologist or a physicist, you're using this for data capture and analysis in academia and in industry. And so what I actually think this, the Analog Discovery Pro and the you know, Analog Discovery and Digital Discovery are really good for is, you know, I remember when I was at MIT and I had even like people who were EEs, they were like, I really just want to quickly get data in. I have to do very fast data capture for my physics experiment. And they were like fighting with all these data acquisition tools and they're like, you know, Arduino isn't fast enough and this isn't good enough and that doesn't have good enough precision. You want something that's like an oscilloscope, but something you can script and you can use within LabVIEW. So I think that this is kind of the sweet spot for this product. Yes, it can be used as a general purpose tool, but it's, it's kind of big. It's not pocketable like the analog discovery. This is a benchtop tool. This would be good for benchtop data analysis, uh, data capture, test, you know, testing if you're doing um, testing and analysis of a product. And you know, I've seen people who have the product, they're going to put it into market, they want it very, they want to do a lot of testing on it. Um, this would be able to do like current capture and waveform output and testing the digital side and the analog side all at one um, and it's scriptable. Again, with LabVIEW it's going to have first class support and if you're used to LabVIEW, this is a great uh, partner hardware for it. Um, there's another thing that I thought was really interesting. So this is, you know, if anytime you see something with four USB ports and Ethernet, you're like, that's on a microcontroller, that's running like embedded Linux, right? Because your microcontroller is not going to be able to do USB host. It's very hard. And in fact, it is running um, embedded Linux. It's got an ARM core inside of it. And so what's interesting about this is that you can get into it and log into it as a Linux computer, and they're like really into that. Like they're like, please log in and then you can run software on it natively and so you don't have to worry about the bandwidth issues of trying to stream like very fast data over USB and Ethernet. Yes, USB and Ethernet can do very fast data, but not as fast as like native on-device data capture and, and saving. And so, you know, you can plug in um, a USB, you know, USB data stick and do like massive data capture where you're, you're, you just have less layers in between, so you have a higher throughput 
um, and lower latency. So I thought that was kind of neat. Has anyone too. run Doom on it yet? I'm sure they will. Okay. Um, okay, so there's four options available. Uh, there's the uh, 3250, which is again the two channel, the 3450, which is the four channel, and then you've got a version with and without USB probes. So, uh, sorry, uh, BNC scope probes and all the add-on cables. If you've got your collection of scope probes, which I do, you 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 know you can go for the cheaper version. Um, if not, get the version with uh, the probes, and you're going to of course pay for more channels. It's almost twice as much because that's where the cost is, is this uh, expensive, let me see, it's the AD948 analog digital converter. That's that's what the cost is. Um, and also the extra memory and the processing of the FPGA. So um, pick whichever option. I think we highlighted, uh, you know, this is one which has all the scope probes and the BNC, as you can see the inputs and outputs, eh, it costs a little bit more, but uh, you're ready to rock. And they've got them all in stock, which is a oh, great reason to have I and MPI. I love it when things are in stock. That's right. Um, this is part number, this is short URL, and you wanted to play this uh, video. Yeah, it's a little, it's a two minute long video, but it kind of covers everything, uh, even talks a little bit of Linux mode. Okay, let's show it. Take it away. Digilent's ADP3450, the first in the Analog Discovery Pro line, takes the capabilities of the Analog Discovery 2 and adds pro-level functionality and performance. The ADP3450 is an all-in-one measurement solution in a compact chassis. It features a 4-channel, 14-bit oscilloscope with over 50 MHz of bandwidth that can sample it up to half a gigasample per second and has 128 sample memory depth with BNC inputs for each channel to connect to standard oscilloscope probes. Two more BNC connectors provide outputs for the two-channel, 14-bit, 125-megasample-per-second arbitrary waveform generator. The ADP3450 also offers 16 channels of digital I.O. running at 125 megasamples per second, a two-channel digital power supply that can be programmed between 1.2 and 3.3 volts, and two BNC trigger ports. The ADP3450 has integrated USB and Ethernet connectivity for use while connected to a PC in standard mode but it also offers a Linux mode with the ability to run tests and store data directly on the device. This eliminates the bandwidth and latency bottlenecks inherent to streaming data to a host PC. In both modes, developers can use Digilent's free waveform software suite to control all the functionality of the ADP3450. In standard mode, waveforms provides virtual interfaces for each instrument, with the ADP3450 capable of being configured as a digital logic or bus analyzer, spectrum analyzer, network analyzer, and more, in addition to its primary oscilloscope, WaveGen, digital I.O., and power supply functions. For Linux mode, engineers can script entire test routines that run directly on the ADP3450 without any host intervention. The ADP3450 provides great value as it comes with all instrument capabilities unlocked and the ability to use them together. It also offers four USB ports that can be used to add storage or additional hardware, such as a Wi-Fi adapter. To learn more about the ADP3450 Analog Discovery Pro, visit store.digilentinc. Okie dokie. Um, we're now going to go and uh, remind everyone that the code is truffle. Where's my truffle pig? Um, yeah. And this will be going on until I remember to turn it off tonight. Trouble, trouble, trouble. Trouble, trouble. Trouble, trouble. And it's 
uh, pretty much everyone's favorite time right now, right? It's time. It's time. You want to do this? Yep. Some uh, little bit of breaking news. What? Uh, someone just mentioned, hey, we could port Blinka to that scope. There's no, there's no hardware there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, not a bad idea. All right, so let's uh, let's kick it off. Ready? Okay. What's first? All right. Uh, well, we have previously uh, had RGB NeoPixels, like these ultra high power three watt RGB NeoPixels, um, and uh, some people are like, hey, can you get ones with RGBW? And I was like, yeah. And these, look at this beautiful video with like the starburst. Yeah. Um, so we have there. two versions, one with warm and one with cool white. So it's actually four separate elements in the LEDs. Let's look at a close-up of the LED. So you can see like it's RGB and W. There's four elements inside. Um, and so you get like true white instead of like color mixed white, which for some people like they really want that clean um, look of a warm white or cool white. So yeah, thanks. So you got, um, I mean, you can see the four, four diamonds there. Um, no, each one is no. one watt. Um, it uses the NeoPixel protocol, um, but because it is four watts, you need a very big five volt power supply. Just be aware when you're using that these, that each one of them uh, can be using up to like an amp or so, half an amp. So um, each one comes on a chain. Uh, we solder with wires. Of course you can remove them and solder anything you like. Um, there's an aluminum-backed PCB, but if you're going to turn these on really bright, you might need more heat sinking. Just, just be aware. This is, did I mention this is 4 watts? It's 4 watts. That's a lot of yeah. brightness. It's blinding. Um, yeah, so this is, uh, just so you, I mean, like, you can bright. even see them reflecting off me, and this is bright in here, but yeah. check this out. Like, Yeah, it's super bright. In fact, it's so bright, I think I, I overheated a little bit. Hold yeah. on. Let me, uh, let me do a thing. Hold on. I'm doing a thing. I'm doing a thing. Doing a thing and then this. There you go. Okay. Uh, so this is the one with the warm white. So yeah, I mean these are just like these are very 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 bright. Yeah, these are bright. Um, and uh, but what's nice is they're just NeoPixels. They've got some mounting holes on them, uh, and they're pretty easy to use. And this is the aluminum backed PCB. So uh, don't forget if you're going to use them with a microcontroller or microcomputer, you can use them with uh, Raspberry Pi and stuff because we've got NeoPixel support there. Um, but make sure it has NeoPixel support and make sure that it has RGBW support because it's got that fourth byte for the white data. Okay, next up, a very adorable click, click, mini solenoid. Click, click, this is so click. cute. This, this deserves to have its own Pixar movie. Yeah. This <laughs> Solenoids. Is a, it's a little solenoid. I mean, <laughs> it's a lock solenoid. Um, you know, I think yeah. folks, uh, they like our larger lock solenoid. This is cool. You can make a little diary that opens up, yeah. like with a microcontroller. Okay. This is cool. So let's go to the overhead. So this is it. Uh, so it's normally open, and then when you power it, it this opens up. So because most of the time it's not going to be powered. Most of the time it's going to be locking whatever it's keeping you from opening. And then to open it, you know, uh, this pulls in. So um, this will be you know the clearance you've got. You've got a couple millimeters of clearance. Uh, this is a 12 volt solenoid. So you have to give it. 9, 10, 11, 12 volts, draws about like 300 to 400 milliamps uh, when it's powered. Unlike the larger solenoid that we have, um, this part is not rotatable. Like the other one, you could actually open it up and rotate this. This is actually kind of like hard, it, it, like it's, it's bolted in in a way that you cannot change it. So uh, not a big deal because most people want it in this orientation, um, but uh, that's that. There's some mounting holes, uh, but it's just a tiny little lock solenoid. Great for making uh, electronically controlled locks. I like that you could get the tiny hot plate and then this little tiny, tiny 
lock. This tiny lock, and then you can watch Timothy uh, Chamelay. Is that the name? Yeah. Uh, tiny horse. Okay. Okay. Uh, this is um, this is kind of interesting. So this is a NR52840 um, dongle from Raytac, and this is not something that you can plug into your computer to give it Bluetooth low energy. Like it doesn't have a native operating system kind of driver to it. Instead, think of it as like a very small microcontroller dev board that is easy to plug into a computer. Because yeah. inside- It's a Trinky. <laughs> it's kind of like a Trinky. It's um, a BLE Trinky. Yeah, this did not- And I don't have to make a Trinky character for it because this is what it is. Yeah, so let's go to the overhead and I'll show the- I wonder what I would make it. Maybe a beluga whale. Beluga. Okay. So um, this is, okay. So uh, I just opened this up. So inside, um, there's the NRF52840 module, um, and you can see it's soldered in here. There's a couple of components. And on the back, there's a single button and a single LED, and that's it. Like, there's no other hardware to connect to. So what would it be useful for? Well, I think that there are still some situations where you want a standalone Bluetooth microcontroller that you can just plug into USB, or you could power from a USB power pack. Um, for example, I think this could be a USB beacon that, yeah. you know, standalone, it's easy to program, you plug it in, you program it with Arduino or CircuitPython, and now it's standalone. Um, I think if there's some situations where you want to communicate with a Bluetooth device, but you don't want to have the native um, operating system involved, um, there could be some situations where you can't, you know, it's Windows 7 maybe, um, or it's a lockdown and you can't install Bluetooth support, um, but you could connect over USB serial and you could send data back and forth. Uh, you could turn this into like some sort of like a Bluetooth automation tool. Wow. I don't know exactly what it's it's perfect for, but I think it's interesting. Um, it's uh, comes like this particular one, even though it's the same part number as the generic version from Nordic. Um, we have we have this come with the teeny UF2 bootloader. Uh, so just be aware if you buy this and it's not from Adafruit, it won't have the bootloader. It won't work. Um, we specifically have the bootloader on it. When you press the button, plug it in, the bootloader comes up so you can install CircuitPython or Arduino code on it. Uh, and that's wow. not true of the generic module, which comes blank. I like that you could just pop this on like a big USB battery bank and it'll just be a beacon forever. Yeah, like, it could, it could wow. do, I, there's, I'm sure there's something that somebody will find useful for this. Next up, did, if you finish all your dinner, you get your pudding. Yeah, so these are pudding keycaps. It's like an add-on kit. Um, so um, you get, I think like, 15 different keycaps. It's not like the alphanumeric keys. It's kind of like the number pad keys, um, all the extra keys. I thought this would be useful because some people like the look of them, but they don't want the full keycap set. Now, here's the thing about them. As you can see, they do not have the same profile. Um, they're designed for a keyboard that has like a curved profile. And so you'll see like there's R4 and R1 and R2 yeah. profiles. And so when you're putting this on your um, macro pad, just keep in mind that like, you kind of want to keep all the same profile one on the same row. Uh, it'll look and feel best that way. And if you don't, you can kind of get an, an uneven um, uh, keyboard like profile. So you can show on the overhead um, here. You can see. I'll, maybe I'll turn this off so you can see it clearly. So you see these are tilted, and these all have the same tilt, but these have a different tilt. And if you mix and match um, different tilts, it'll look weird. So like in this case, I kind of try to um, kind of match them up. I still think it's useful. I still think there's a lot of combinations that'll look good. It's just one of those things, like I tried to find these, uh, you know, glow through uh, pudding style keycaps, um, but without the profile tilt and that wasn't possible. Like this is, this is kind of what's available. This is all you can get. 
Um, and I still think they're kind of neat. I think there's, you know, there's a lot of times that you want the word pause or arrow keys or shift or control or function or, or any of the other uh, keycaps that it comes with. Um, maybe you're willing to put up with the fact that it isn't uh, a perfectly flat DSA or XDA profile. I still think it's of some use. It's just something to watch out for. You can't yeah. mix and match every combination and have it, you know, look great. Okay. And uh, the star of the show tonight, lady, besides you, our community, our team, and our customers, we have two uh, breakouts. Yep. Two RTC breakouts. These are kind of the same. We haven't have breakouts for these RTCs before, but these are now the Stemma QT versions. Um, so we've got two. We've got this, which is the DS3231, which is a high-precision, temperature-compensated crystal uh, real-time clock. This is kind of like the, the finest of the fine. This is like the truffle of RTCs. See? This is how we tie it together. High-quality RTC over I squared C, and on the back there's a coin battery holder. And then if you're like, well, you know, I don't want that, I'm okay with truffle oil, which doesn't actually contain truffles. Yeah. The PCF8523, uh, I think this is a perfectly fine real-time clock. Great for data logging, uh, maybe not for clocks, you know, just because it will lose a few seconds, uh, a second or two a day compared to the DS3231. But for many purposes, the, the PCF is, is perfectly fine. Um, also has the coin battery holder on the back, plug it in over I squared C. Um, now coming with uh, STEM QT connectors, it just makes it really easy to plug and play these into an existing uh, system because it uses our yeah. um, I squared C connection. You can do this. You can, yeah, do this. you can do either one. And you know, nice. it's, it's, you can pick and choose, right? You can yeah. start with one and then decide you want higher precision or lower, uh, switch over to the PCF. Of course, we have Arduino and CircuitPython code for both of these because they're just STEM QT versions of our existing breakout. Uh, these are kind of my two favorite RTCs. You got the uh, high quality and the uh, budget quality. Both are very budget, good. Budget, high quality. That's it. And that's new that's products. New products. New, 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 new. Okay, cool. Uh, Whew, I have some. Time. I have some questions lined up. Okay, um, go put them on Discord while we do some uh, top secret. We'll be over there in just a second to answer them. Okay. Top secret from the vault. Secret. Secret, secret stuff. You're never, never going to know. We're not going to ever tell you. Yeah, we are. Just don't ask any questions. Okay. Uh, this is top secret this week. What is this, Lady Ada? Okay. So I'm redesigning the Matrix portal to run the ESP32-S2 because I can't get SAMD51s, and this is what it looks like. Okay. Um, this is that RGB Matrix breakout with the IS31FL3741. So it's a lot of RGB LEDs. And then... I sent that out. This is from last week. And then, um, yeah, this is our first iSpy board. It's a board for a TFT display. Uh, these are like... It's a round rect um, TFT. It's our first rounded rectangle display. We haven't actually even had circular ones. So this is interesting. It's not like it remaps the pixels. It just cuts them off, right? So the corner pixels are just like... not They're not there. They're missing. Um, but you know, it's a kind of a, a pretty display. I like the rounded rectangle, very apple-y. Okay, and that's top secret for the week. Yep. Get back in the vault. All right, we're loading up the questions. I have some ready to go, and then some folks are putting some in the Discord chat. Here we go. Yes. Lady Ada, are you ready? Yes. The first one is question for Lady Ada: the Cutie Pie RP twenty forty. You have the boot cell button connected to the GPIO for additional functionality, and I see that you pass the QSPI underscore CS signal through a diode. If I wasn't using boot cell as a user button in CircuitPython, would the diode be necessary? I tend to think not, but maybe I'm wrong. The diode is there so you can use it as a GPIO with less risk because you don't have the interfering signal. Alrighty. 
Next up, let me line up this one. About how long do you think the uh, chip shortage and or uh, chip uh, price increases are gonna last? Uh, through mid-2023. What? Yeah. Really? I think so. Probably 2023 is when, like, early mid is when it's gonna end. How long do you think this uh, COVID pandemic is gonna last, same time? Probably the same time. <laughs> yeah, th maybe, maybe there's correlation with that. It could Who be. Yes. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, when boards like the ESP 32s 2 first come out and they are in beta and still not fully stable, is there a set period of time you have for watching a project for stability, hours, days? How do you know when it's time to say, well, this is not really beta, this is like... I'll say Espressive is a very particular case. They like to release hardware very early before uh, the firmware is wrapped up. It usually takes about six months to get... Um, the firmware in a good state. In fact, the ESP32-S2 is now, um, I think it's a year old, and they're still only now releasing uh, 2.00 as a release, not just as a beta. So it's been in beta for a year. Okay. Yeah. And I think for us, like, we'll do a short run of boards, and we're like, hey, this is for a new chip, and then we'll see what comes up via GitHub with issues or customer support or like when we're actually using it for projects. It's one of the reasons we make a lot of guides. Yeah. Because we kind of find out all the things that uh, that, that folks will have to yeah. f find out if we don't. You don't know what you don't know until you, yeah. you actually try it. Okay. Um, next up. Is it even, is it possible or even remotely feasible to make a joystick that is connectable using a Stemma connector? Um, I mean, the joystick itself, no, because joysticks are, you know, they're mechanical, but you could connect it up to a, you know, a Stemma ADC and then read the data over ADC, and that would, that's how you'd read a joystick. Okay. And uh, I talked about this earlier. Um, someone mentioned, uh, you know, could you run Blinka on this? Um, I, I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't know how much documentation they have for the chip. And again, there's no hardware, you know, accessible. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it's all binary blobs, so I, I, it's sort of like, yeah, could you run Doom on it? It's like, you could, but there's no screen, so what, what are you doing? Um, it doesn't make a ton of sense. Okay, let me go to the chats right now. Uh, oh, in another chat, folks want to know the discount code. Discount code is Truffle. Truffle. Let me uh, make sure you know it's Truffle. Truffle. 10% off anything that's in stock right now, all the way up to probably 11.59 p.m. Use the yeah, I can use the button. I just want to make sure. So in the future, what I'll do is I'll beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop. Yeah, much faster. Not faster. Much faster. Yeah, I'm trying to. Okay. It's a little scary. A little scary. Okay. Okay. And uh, let's see if there's any other questions before I bounce off to. No. We got through it. Okay. Those are the questions. Whew. All right, everybody. That is our show Happy Circuit Python for week. tonight. Don't forget to tune in on Friday. Yep. We got streams, videos, and more. Yeah, that's everything. Uh, special thanks to Jesse May, who's running things behind the thanks, scenes. Thanks, Jesse May. Thanks, Jesse May. Special thanks to our entire team um, who've been keeping it together. I know that we're in yet another round of um, challenges to get through. Um, but we'll do it because we did it before. We'll do it again. So thank you, everyone, for keeping it together. Thank you, all the customers that keep ordering stuff. Um, this is where we show everything we do every single week. And, um, you know, we all have a choice of where we buy stuff from, especially in the world of electronics. So if you like seeing something like this, please consider. Uh, oh, did I? Uh, let's see. Person that said, did you answer my question for him to start? Yeah. 
Skr, I think you were asking about the uh, RP2040 thing. Just uh, hit rewind on that. We did. Um, and uh, it's a... We're very thankful that we're able to take care of our team and uh, get you all good products. We're going to get through this because yeah. we're, we're New Yorkers and yeah. we did yeah, jury gonna, duty, so we're now, gonna, we're, now we're stuck here. I can't. I don't know how to do anything else. I'm just going to keep doing this. All right, cool. So thank you, everybody. We'll see everybody next week. Thanks, everybody. Here is your moment of Zener. <laughs>